God is. All right, so we, we, we've been uh, talking about finding purpose. Um, actually, we, we had a, a helps me neuro. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty uh, impactful weekend. Like, I just, uh, you know, uh, we had, let me see, we had Bible school, guy talk. We had a men's leadership meeting. Oh, joint heirs fellowship with the with the couples. Uh, then, oh, today we had a the, the helps meeting, and we were talking this morning about uh, just division. And division is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. Which, if you've been around here, that's what we do. We equip, equip heirs for the kingdom of God. We're always having to be. Pastor Mel brought out. She looked around the room. She was trying to inspire people to 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 you know to support one another when they're ministering. So she looked around the room. She said, she says, everybody here, with the exception of one person, has ministered. And the room was full. And I was, you know, and even like, uh, you know, because I was, was looking at the kids, like little Ari, you know, like it was all types of people had ministered. And she said, you know, just as you desire people to support you when other people are sharing the word, please be supportive. But we were talking about how and the reason why so many people minister is because it's an equipping ministry. It's equipping people to fulfill what their purpose to do. And how do we equip? You have a vision, and the vision is attached to a mission. So the vision is what we're, our, our ultimate goal is, but how we do it is the mission. And that is, you know, living by faith, um, uh, being led by the Spirit, revealing God's purpose and sharing God's love. You know, that's our mission statement, you know. And so when we was talking about this morning, I was like, well, we're talking about purpose, and that's what we're about, revealing purpose, people discovering what their purpose is. And so, so we got into last week just, just talking about how sometimes we can't see purpose, sometimes we don't want to see purpose, sometimes we're ignorant to purpose, and sometimes we're negligent to purpose. Um, some of us are rolling in purpose, um, and very few people are at that stage, and, and, and we're not going to get into too much last week, but we said sometimes how we can, um, even though to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose, Ecclesiastes 3.1, that uh, sometimes we can, we can stay in stages too long and we can find ourselves uh, stuck in time, like we can find ourselves stuck in time, and and, you know, that's pretty um, uh, dangerous. We don't want to be stuck in time. And if we find ourselves stuck in time, we'll find ourselves, when we're at these stages too long, we'll find ourselves just doing time. You know, just doing time, but not evolving and doing purpose. Um, and so, I, so I don't want to get into all that, but we said that, you know, purpose is operating in the level of perfection or, uh, or God's perfection or spiritual maturity, like like getting, you know, think about when we get stuck, we, uh, a lot of times what happens is uh, sometimes there's something traumatic happens. Um, and, you know, I'd use my life like I, I'd, I'd use for years the excuse of being apart from my family up until I was 17. And so, so you kind of, you know, you kind of walk around, or Karen said when she's coming down, like she said, you know, my cousin, he's, 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 he's a nice guy, sharp guy, but he had a chip on his shoulder, you know. And so even when I came here, you know, we sitting around the fellowship, she's telling people, the only thing she knew about me is he's a good guy, but he, all I knew is he had a chip on his shoulder. Like, 
he had an edge on his shoulder. And I did. Like, I felt everybody owed me something. But keeping it real, nobody owed me something. I need to just get in, keep moving along and get to purpose. And at a certain stage in my life, I realized it wasn't what I went through. So what I went through wasn't my fault, right? But it was my responsibility. See, nobody told me that part. So I thought I could just live in the fault. And so I thought I could live this life where I can keep saying, well, I would be doing this, but, well, I would be doing that, but on the other side of the bus was what, what, what they did. I would be doing this, but if they hadn't have done that, I would be doing that, but if this hadn't happened to me, well, I would be, you know, I would have finished school if this hadn't happened, or I would have, I would have uh, achieved that, but they played me. And it was always, I can I always had an out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, you know, and I, you know, people that knew me back then that's probably watching this, you know, I had this philosophy. Now, I never really read the word back then. From time to time, I would go to church. But I believed there, I believed there was a God. And from time to time, I was praying, but, praying, but, you know, before and after sex. But I didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. You know, John 9.31, no one taught me that. So I figured all you got to do is pray, right? He's up there, you know, not knowing that it was so much funk coming up with my prayers. God was like, I hear some noise, but Jesus, go down and cleanse that person with your blood. But I'm running from Jesus. Yo, what you want, man? You know, like I wasn't really feeling that. And so, so you know, as I was grow- growing or going through these stages, because what I went through, now at that point that, I, that, that, that I'm feeling that pain, I'm, st- I'm, I'm studying my growth because I'm stuck in that position. I'm playing off of what I went through. And so, so, so every time I got thirsty in that position, I, I needed something to quench my thirst. Well, the adversary had all types of things to offer to me. So whether it was uh, drugs, alcohol, THC, Snoopy's, mescaline, uh, coke, free, whatever. And I did everything to extremes. So you know how sometimes y'all, y'all, y'all look at me like, this guy's like super disciplined, everything is detailed. Well, I was like that when I was wilding out. And so we would hang out, I would say, listen, what are we saving it for? Tomorrow's not promised, right? Because somebody said that. I, 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 wasn't, I don't know if I heard it in church or, or the people I live with was like grandparents, like Nana and, and Grandpa, that's what we called them. So I was like, Tomorrow's not promised, so hey. So I, I heard it, but my application of it was to excuse abuse. And so I, whatever we did that day, uh, I did. Whatever we had. Now, now, you know that even if you're doing stuff you're not supposed to do, it has a limit. But if, if my philosophy is tomorrow's not promised, there is no limits for me. And so there's, there's, there's a situation where I, I passed out. I told you I in the club. Um, uh, and uh, they took a whole box of smelling sauce. I sniffed that up. I didn't wake up. Put a whole bucket of ice down my pants. I didn't wake up. This guy was just weightlifter. He said, he said, I hit you. And I had to double up on it. I still didn't wake up, you know. And I saw my life pass before me. And I saw, uh, I saw, I, I saw my, the people I live with. And they were like, Keith, get hot. Because it was my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, they didn't know. They didn't pay me no mind. So they just gave me a key. I left the house, came back. Nobody's paying me any attention. So I'm plastered, but nobody knows it. So for them, it was like, Keith, yeah, I saw them. Keith, Keith, Keith got high? How? 
Then I saw my, uh, my, my best friend at the time, Todd Green, if you watch this, and I saw him, and he was like, you asking me how he died? Man, he had, he had weed, coke, THC, Snoopy, mescaline, and coke, all at the same time, and you asked how he died? Like, he was mad, but he's like, why you keep asking all this stuff? Do you, you wonder why he did? Then I just saw my dad, and my dad was like, like, man, I, you know, I just don't understand. Like, you know, he was always, like, to himself different, and he always had an attitude. He was always mad. So I saw all these people in this stupor that I was in. And to make a long story short, I actually woke up. And the interesting thing is, I thank God I woke up because I just didn't wake up to uh, out of that uh, stupor. I woke up. Uh, to realize, like, all the stuff that I was doing, at that point, I was causing it. So, what I, so once again, what I went through wasn't my fault, but it was my responsibility to respond properly to get beyond it. And so I realized I couldn't keep using what I went through as my excuse to not get to. I couldn't keep using what, I, uh, what I've been through as my excuse not to get to. Now I have to decide to, am I going to keep magnifying if he would have treated me right, if he would have paid attention, or if they would have noticed me, or if this person didn't play me, or if this person didn't betray me. Instead of doing that, I have to realize, oh, that's going to come at you. And so I have to actually figure out a way. Uh, now, years ago, I, 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 used to, I read a lot because I was by myself. I had nothing else to do. So, so I read a lot of biographies, Malcolm X, Malcolm X but I read the, the, uh, the story of O.J. Simpson. Uh, this is before he was in a Bronco. All right, so, so I read the story, and, and, and I told the story before how, you know, when he was running, his coach, Lou Saban, they would throw sandbags at his legs. And so, he'd, so, so they were trying to teach him how to, how to get that ball and run it. And no matter what you throw at him, he would keep running. And if you ever go back and look at old films of O.J. Simpson, he, he, he'd just be dipping his shoulder. Tackles be falling off of him. You know, he wasn't a big guy. But he learned how to uh, deal with resistance and keep on moving. See, because the thought is if somebody touches you, you fall down. You know, like uh, uh, one of the guys just played for my team, Herschel Walker. It looked like any time somebody touched me, he'd fall down. You know, <laughs> that's how I saw it. You know, um, but, 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 but what I liked back then about the juice, try to get the Bronco out your mind, right? What I liked then about him is like, like the resistance didn't stop him. And so as we're moving towards purpose, we can't let the, the hurdles and the resistance stop us or magnify them as an excuse not to move forward, right? And so, so as we, uh, see, 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 this is the thing, because we'll get stuck in immaturity. At the place of your pain, at the place of your betrayal, at the place of your, uh, uh, when you were neglected or rejected, is normally where your maturity stops, and so now, so now you're getting older on the outside, but you're still a child on the inside. You still get mad at stupid stuff. You're still converting everything into they talking about you, right? You still take criticism as instead of taking it as gain or correction as an adjustment to get you closer to harmony, you take it as what you're trying to say. I just said it. You know what I'm saying? So instead of you taking it as fuel to realize what you can't see, you take it as somebody trying to label you as something that you're not. No, they're showing you what's in your blind spot that you can't see yourself. You know why? As we talked about in class this week, because you're talking too much. See, you're trying to, if you're trying to find out what you don't know, why are you talking? What you talking for? 
You're talking about what you already know, and what you already know is what got you in the place that you're at. Shut up and listen. You know, see, because if you hear, then you'll pick up what you hadn't added or considered or has never done. But see, we're talking. We constantly we got a good reason to stay where we're at. And that's, that's an immature place. That's a place of a stupor. And that's a place where you're depressed. Oh, I'm not depressed. If you're not depressed, why do you need to take in intoxication then if you're so fulfilled? See, you're taking it in because you're still thirsty. Now, that can't get no satisfaction teaching, but I thought I'd bring it in right now. Right? Thirsty for what? You're thirsty for purpose. And the only way you're going to see purpose is to get, lay aside all that weight, take all that other stuff up, and now start to mature. Right? We have to mature. Right? We good? You're not mad at me, are you? See, most of us are spiritually immature and unable to visualize or recognize purpose calling. Right? Uh, so, 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 now we're going to get more into the different stages of maturity maybe in the next couple of weeks, but that's what's happening to us. See, see, some of us have lost vision or what we call quick recognition. One of the things about hooping, as you get to different levels, you quickly recognize the opportunity to score. So, so in other words, I'm over here. So I, so I used to tell the players, so when I get the rebound, I'm recognizing everything I need to know to advance the ball. As soon as I get the rebound, if it's four people around me, then that's four people that, that these people aren't, aren't, aren't playing defense on. So I know there's four people open. So immediately I grab the ball, I look up for the opportunity for someone that was supposed to be covered, but I've drawn all the attention. So I don't need to see. So I, you know, I come down court, I grab a rebound. As soon as I grab a rebound, I recognize this guy over here. So as I'm going down the court, I'm looking down the court, and I'm dribbling, and I can feel the timing in which this guy is moving. So then what I do is I take it, and I go over here, and I throw it back here. This guy catches the ball. He scores. The person in the stands go, ooh, like he got eyes in the back of his head. How did he see that? He saw it way before you saw his reaction to it. Why? Because he quickly recognized an opportunity before it showed up. Amen. You see what I'm saying? But if you don't know the game, you'd be like, oh, that was a no-look pass. No, I looked. I just didn't move my natural eyes towards what you saw. Right? But I did see it. You, you understand? Because there's certain things that has to play out a certain way. I threw the ball, and you said, he threw it through all those guys. No, and I threw it at the person's head. You know why? Because you throw it at a person's head, what they're going to do? They're going to duck or move. But I knew once they duck and move, the other guy was going to come in place, and then he was going to score. But you watching him, it's like, oh, he threw that through those people. How could he see that? Because I recognize how a person has to respond based on how everything is flowing. You see what I'm saying? Same thing in life. When we're in a stupor, we don't recognize these things. So things interrupt us. And we get frustrated. We get overwhelmed. We get mad. Or we get depressed. Ah, I just can't take it. Oh my, it's just too much. It's only too much because you weren't paying attention. That's what the child says. I can't do this. No, you've never done it. It's a difference. I worked with, uh, 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 well, I started working from kindergarten to eighth grade when I worked in the school, and the kids would always say, I can't do it. I said, stop, stop, stop. Stop saying you can't do it. Like, you're saying it like you're 50. <laughs> I said, you haven't done it. 
It's okay to say you haven't done it. Now receive the information to learn how to do it. So some of us are still that kid. We've never done it before. We're, we're not familiar with this. Uh, young man be playing, he, he, he would twist his ankle. Oh, ah, ah, hey, I, nobody was paying attention to me. I would slip over to him, whisper in his ear, it's going to be painful for a little while, but it's about to go away. Why? Because I had snapped my ankle 30 times. So I knew it hurts at first, but eventually the, the, the pain subsides. You're still going to be some throbbing, but it's not going to be that initial trauma. Yeah. But if you don't know that, if you haven't experienced that, when pain gets arrest you, you're done. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's, it's over. Some, in some cases, I'm never playing again. I hurt my ankle. Oh, that's it. I'm retired. Never playing again. Or like my son, he played football, and he said once he got hit, he was like, oh, no, we, we picking another sport. Right, right. But some of us are doing that in life. Once we get, like, we think life is hitless. Life, life is painless. Life is, life is without circumstance. Nobody's going to play you. No one's going to take advantage of you. Everybody's going to be in agreement with you, and everything's going to go your way. And if you get into a relationship, they're going to love you and like you forever. They're never going to question anything you do because you're wonderful. You're in a fantasy. Life doesn't work that way. Anytime you engage with other people, there's going to be work to harmonize. Because they, they don't think like you. They, they, didn't grow, they, they didn't grow up in your house. And some people grow up in your house and don't see the parents like you see them. Right? So it's a process to fulfill purpose, right? And so we got a quick recognition. We have to be able to quickly recognize our opportunities to grow, to flow, to fulfill purpose. God has been sending uh, breadcrumbs and clues the whole time, but we can't recognize. Let's look here at 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1. So, so, so we live this life where, you know, whether you go to church or not, you go into church and you kind of, some people are playing dice. They say, well, I'm going to go to church. Hopefully, I just hear something motivational. So they're determining what they need ahead of time. And they want, they want something that's going to soothe the comfort that they used to. Instead of saying, I'm going to church to hear the truth, find out what I don't know, challenge me to do what I've never done to get what I do not have or be where I've never been. So instead of going in that way, we kind of come in and go, ah, there's a chance that I'm going to hear something I'm not going to really want to hear. There's a chance that this might not be as soothing as I want, or there's a chance where what I've been hiding is going to be exposed, right? Right, so sometimes we don't come in with the right motives, but the goal is to get clarity of mind. Around here, we talk about fighting the sea. Because if you can't see it, you can't be it. And all these other intoxications, these compromises, all these things that we've come up with justifications for, all of our, what did we say the other day in class? All of our, uh, that's not my conviction. Is that what it was? It was not my truth, but what did Jason say? He said, that's not my conviction, right? Yeah, I think he said, that's not my conviction. Right, so, so we come up with these lines like we're trying to fulfill purpose. Who designed the purpose? God. So I think I might want to get with the designer as opposed to coming in already with my mind made up of how this thing's supposed to play out. You ever see somebody come in for help and tell you how to help them? 
Need some advice, tell you how to advise. No, 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 I didn't want that. I need you to soothe me. No, that's not what you need. You need the truth. <laughs> right, right? You see what I'm saying? But, but, but I don't want to be, truth frees me. I don't want truth. I want soothe. See, there you go, bringing that up. I don't want you to talk about that. What I want you to talk about this. And you're, so we, we, we counsel all the time, people all over the country, all over the world. The amazing thing, and don't get mad when you hear this, the amazing thing is when somebody comes in and they spend the whole time not only talking, but even when you give them advice, they got counters for the advice. So sometimes I'll stop and say, now, so why are you here? Because if you could help yourself, you'd be helping yourself and you wouldn't be coming for help. So if you're coming for help, you might want to get the help that you came for. If you're coming to church, you might want to get the help you need. You might want to get the truth that's been evading you because you've been in your own world, your own understanding. Right? Leave it up to you. You'll never stretch. Right? And when you do stretch, you'll stretch at your convenience. And then you'll go out there think you can, you can play and stuff like that, pull something and pop something. Yeah. Why? Because you're stretching at, to, to, at, in comfort. You're not stretching to prepare for what's about to come on, on, at you, going to place a demand on, on your strength, your flexibility in your muscles. Yeah, I think I'm talking about athletics, right? See, when God sends you something to stretch you, he's preparing you for what you're going to need to handle, Right? So, 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 so you're not pulled out of position. You understand what I'm saying? Are, are y- y'all still here with me? So 2 Timothy 1, 7, because we're fighting the sea. And so, when, so if you show up here, I can soothe you or I can give you truth. You can show up at the spiritual eye doctor and I can go, oh, no, you pretty much, you fine. You fine. You're going to be all right. You, you've been compensating? You've been making a hey, Yeah, you're cool. You don't really need no prescription. The whole time you, you, you're missing stuff. Or I can diagnose you and give you the proper lenses for you to see purpose. Either one. Now, now, the corrective lenses is what they call it. It's correcting your vision so you can see what you haven't been seeing. But what you thought you were seeing. Everybody that get corrective lenses that hasn't been wearing glasses, be a, first thing they go, I can see. Whoa, I've been missing that. Now you don't have to cheat when you do the driving exam. Memorize the letters so when they ask you what they say, you can't see them. You just go off of memory. That's what I used to do on the left side. I, I, I would look with the right eye, memorize the, the letters, and then when they asked me, to, I, I would memorize the lowest one too because I could see perfect out of this eye. And then when they would ask me, I would tell them all the letters going across. So, so I passed. Did I? I didn't really pass because I really couldn't see. Not, not knowing I had to go through all that. Long as I could peripheral see on that side, I was going to pass anyway. So I was lying for no reason. Mm, who else is doing that? All right, so 2 Timothy 1.7, we're going to get to it. It says, this is, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? Right? Now, now this fear... Uh, you, you know how you, 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 you get this sense you're supposed to do something you never did? But then all the worst case scenarios start to flood your mind? Or you have to actually talk yourself out of something because it's a level that you never went before? Or you, you're, you're comfortable here? Hey, you're so comfortable when you show up. Yeah, hey, Keith, what's happening, man? Yeah, what's going on? Would you need some help? You need some help? 
You know, and every time you show up, you feel like, you know, what is it, what is it, uh, cheers. Sometimes you like to go where everyone knows your name. You know, you, <laughs> how y'all doing today? Hey, yeah, no, nah, what you want to do, uh, put that over here, take that over there, do that. No, 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 you're handling that all wrong. Let me break it down to you, bro, let me break it down to you. You, what you, you do this, and then you walk away like, <laughs> they needed me. <laughs> but the whole time, purpose is calling you beyond familiar, beyond comfortable, to a level where you need God and help. Right? Well, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to stay <laughs> I want to stay. And every time you take a step, you snap back to, you like me, don't you? Everybody like me, don't you? Because when you go here, you got to establish relationships. Amen. I don't want to establish relationships. I want to be at the place where everybody's pumping up me in the less than position that I'm at. All right, so anyway, let's go to, that was fear. I was just talking about fear. God is giving you a spirit of fear, but what? But of power, love, and this is our key. And of a sound mind. Now, the sound mind is a clear thinking mind. It takes clarity of mind to recognize purpose. Now, if I'm supposed to operate in clarity of mind, and the devil knows this, and he's seeking whom he may devour, what do you think he's trying to do? Blind us. Okay, don't take my word for it. We're going to do an audible so the people online, this won't be at, on the lower third. Second Corinthians. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Hold on one second. 14. Second Corinthians 3.14, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, which is, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, which is only a few verses after that, right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 3.14, it says, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil or covering or skew, skewed or, or we could say taint. Uh, uh, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. That, you know, that, you know, a lot of things are stripped in Christ. But let's look here. It says, uh, let's see, uh, let's start at 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 4. Now, in the heading on my chapter, we do this in the morning, the Bible study fellowships. Anybody got any headings and stuff like that? Well, the heading on my chapter says, never give up. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so interesting, right? You know, it ain't over until God says it's over. Didn't didn't Miege sing that? Right? All right, so it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. That word faint not means we don't give up. Right? Then it says, But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Remember I talked about the deception? Hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, right? Hustling. Right? Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Right? But by manifestation of what? The truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I'm, I'm being honest before everybody. Right? It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid in them that are lost. Right? Now, look at it. Look. This is, this is lost people. Right? In whom the God, little g, you're talking about Satan here. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
See, he's blinded minds so you can't see. And so every time we drink of the world, smoke of the world, lust of the world, we blind ourselves. We go clouded. And the, the, the thing is, anybody, you know, uh, I don't know where everybody's background is, but anybody that grew up in the world of hustle, the goal is to keep the people that's under you blind. Keeping them so blind where they can't make choices for themselves. Where they think, okay, okay, okay. Like, you can't, this, one of the things when I work in corrections, you work in corrections and you have, you have people within a unit that's been in crime, some people at different levels, some people exposed to different things, but you always have somebody that's running the place. And so my job was the person running the place would submit to me. And so no matter what, everybody else was going to submit to them. So I didn't really have to work that hard. Now, when the person running the place, sometimes they would do something they weren't supposed to do, and I had to, what, correct them. And when I correct them, they would come at me crazy. Now, if you, that probably wasn't good. Now, in the old days, in the BC days, you know, I cussed and stuff like that. But even when I, when I grew and I got into, uh, when I was a Christian, don't come at me crazy because I'm going to respond with truth. And so this is what I would say. Oh, so, well, I can't say it. Uh, I didn't curse, but I had, I probably used the N-word. I just need you to know that I was about business. So I said, let me, get, let me get this right. You talking trash to me? I said, you ain't got no knockout record. And then I would real loud, I would go, oh, so wait a minute. So these guys around here scared of you. I said, there ain't no heavy bag in your room. Ain't no speed bag. You, we ain't had no prize fights. You ain't knocked out nobody. Why are they scared of you? And he'd be like, chill, chill out, chill out, Mr. Brad. Because, see, because his whole thing was the awe of he could possibly knock you out. He ain't never knocked no, they didn't even know him until he came. So he's false evidence appearing real. He's the little dragon in Milan, right? He's the wizard behind the curtain. He's the adversary that the word says in the last days, they're going to say, is this the guy that, 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 that destroyed kingdoms, that created fear? Like, y'all fell for this? False evidence appearing real. And so this is the thing. If I keep you in a stupor, you can't see purpose. So you'll settle for less than. You'll take a bribe. You'll sell your birthright for some oatmeal. That's what, that's what happened, right? Esau sold his birthright, right, because he, he was desperate. He couldn't see. He was so clouded by his desperation, he couldn't see he was giving up purpose. And that's the, the, the adversary wants to keep us there. You can do that with children, but you can't do that when people are mature. We laugh at those things. Like, I laugh at temptations, so I'm supposed to, you know, I get in situations, oh, you don't drink? Nope. Oh, a little drink ain't going to hurt nobody. I beg to differ, but go ahead. See, I'm not, I've been there, done that. I'm not tempted by, I lived in clubs five days a week. If there was open Sunday and Monday, I'd have went there too. New York, Newark, D.C., Philly. Uh, this is during the week. I got a job, full-time job, and I'm full-time in college. I average one hour sleep. I'm in the fun house. I'm in the Palladium. I'm in the Paradise Garage. I'm in Studio 54. I'm in all these places from Tuesday to Saturday. 
and still did all the other stuff I just told you. So I'm not tempted to go to clubs. I'm not trying to listen to that music. I've seen people get turned out. I've seen a DJ say, watch me have that person in this booth before the night's over. Put on his headphones, start to spin his story, tell the, the, the light show guy that was one of my boys, put the spotlight on that guy. He spin the story, next thing you know, at the end of the night, that guy was in that booth. Music is that powerful. I seen it. Like, I seen the devil dancing while I was out there. I seen paths that was leading people. Listen, I was sitting in the club one day and I kept feeling this pool. And I was like, why well, I keep feeling this pool? And I just see this black wall. And I kept feeling this pool. But for a second, I got clarity. And it wasn't a black wall. It, was, it had blinds, black blinds. It was a window. I said, that's how people be jumping out of windows. I said, man, I got, I got up. I sat somewhere else. I felt a pool. So I keep feeling this pool. All I see is a mirror. Keep feeling this pool. Then, had a quick second to think. It was a gap in this particular club. Zanzibar. <laughs> it was a gap. It was a hotel. And so this gap in this banister, if I would have went over, I went, I'm downstairs. I'm breaking something. I was like, oh, my God, like I've seen this. I know people that walk right into cars because they thought a headlight over here and a headlight over there. No, you're walking right into the car. Jumped off a ruse. See, I've seen this stuff. So I'm not, you, the master mixer don't mix me. It's not about feeling good. It's about seeing purpose. You see the difference? But we just casual. <laughs> it's fun. No, it's not. Because it was fun, it'd be fun later too. It wouldn't cause arguments, it would cause agreement. Oh, you so, say, okay, all right, all right. Y'all doing that to me today. All right. So the vision, this vision is buried in purpose. Like vision is actually seen on purpose. And, and, and the good thing about vision and purpose is something to look forward to. Keyword, look forward, see ahead. Like we, we, we counsel couples, it's an easy diagnosis. It's normally a vision deficit. No, we're doing things. We're, we're working. You know, we're, we're, we're laboring. But vision is what keeps people motivated. Something to look forward to that God has designed. Right? Amen. It's always a vision deficit. So when we're in our little feelings, I just don't feel like doing it. Well, I don't, just know, I don't know if I could do that. Well, you're creating a deficit. The more you start climbing the purpose, there's always, whoa, man, remember we was talking about this? Oh, man, whoa. Then you get to that level and you see the next level and you grind towards that. Oh, man, whoa, this is our life. Always something to look forward to, even if you're single. If you're if, if you funky, there's a vision deficit. If you're missing something, because you're not on a vision path. So God ain't endorsing that. You don't get all the trinkets and you way over here and you're supposed to be on the narrow way. It wouldn't even make sense. God would be a fool and he ain't. Well, well, well come on, God. God's saying, come on, man. <laughs> come on, woman. What you mean, come on, God? 
I did my part. <laughs> Do yours. Right? All right, second, 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 second uh, Peter 3. It must be the praise and worship. I'm all hyped. <laughs> Breathing hard. I actually did cardio today, so I guess that helped a little bit. I ain't did cardio in so long, it ain't helping that much. All right, so second, second Peter 3. Uh, man. Hold on a second. Uh, that's not the scripture I'm looking for. Second Peter three. is diligent that we may be found in him peace. It's not. That's not what I'm looking for. Hold on. Hold on. Be patient. Maybe it's First Peter. Hold on. Be patient with me, please. All right, I'm going to let one of the ministers find it. All right. But the scripture says that, that if we don't, or we're not diligent in doing uh, some of the things that God is laying out before us that we can't see afar off. So the way you'll find it is look for can't see afar off. All right. So somebody will find it and we'll give it to you. So the goal is to, when you can't see afar off, like you can't see out ahead. So all you, you make decisions based on the circumstances right in front of you. Uh, we've been walking through Genesis in our Bible study fellowship on from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. early in the morning, and we were walking through how uh, once Adam and Eve sinned, uh, they were blind to the world. God created heaven and earth together. Uh, Genesis, Second Peter 1.9. I knew that. Second Peter 1.9. Let's go there. Sorry. I knew it, but I wrote down the wrong scripture. All right. So thank you. Uh, I don't know if it was a collaboration between Natalie and Venetia, but thank y'all. All right. All right. So let's, let's, uh, we won't start at 1 9. We'll start at 1 3. 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. It says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to what? Life and godliness, right? All things that we need for life and for godliness uh, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. It says, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, right? That by these ye might be partakers of, look, the divine nature. And now this is an assumption here. Having escaped the corruption that is in the, in the world through lust. And you have to ask yourself, have you escaped or are you still trapped? It says, and beside this, now he just said, having escaped the corruption through lust. And I explained all those things before we even got to this chapter. Then he says, besides this, what? Besides escaping the corruption that's in the world through lust, right? Get, giving all diligence. Pastor Mel talked about that earlier, or vigilance. Add to your faith virtue. So don't just stop at faith, add virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. Don't just stop at knowledge and to knowledge, temperance. No, we need a little patience here. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity or love. Right? So it's, it's telling us all these attributes that we should operate in having escaped the world through lust. Right? These are like measures of faith. Right? Now, verse 9. 
It says, but he that lacketh these things is blind. So, if you, so, so, so when I talk about are you blind and can't see purpose, all you got to do is go back and look at the scriptures and say, hey, am I, do, am I lined up with all these things? Whether it's virtue, temperance, this, that, and the other. If I, if I don't, I'm blind. Okay, so in terms of corrective lenses, I got three. So, so I'm not totally blind. Okay? But you know if you're not totally blind? Vanessa said you're still a little blind. <laughs> right? You still, so that means you can miss something, right? That's right. So this, this says, he that lacketh these things is blind, look, and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins or, or he or she's old sins, right? And so, so this blindness, that, that's why uh, uh, we pray, you know, something that we, we talk about Bible study fellowship, uh, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning. But one of the things we've walked through over the years is Ephesians 8, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. But we'll just focus on 18 for right now. It says, it's a prayer, praying that the eyes of your understanding in light is in light. Now, the eyes of my understanding are not necessarily my physical eyes. See, because I'm a spirit man trying to fulfill purpose, I look through the windows of my eye. So I need my inner man with the ability to see. I can have perfect 2020 vision and have terrible spiritual vision. Right? Um, spiritual visibility, you know, that's an excerpt in the book. <laughs> so it just made me think about it. So the eyes of my understanding being like, now, so I want, I want to see. And I need my understanding with the ability to see. So now that's where the word comes in because the Bible says you're clean through the word, John 15, 3. But it says in Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of the word bringeth light and gives understanding to the simple. So, so anybody that can't see, the more word I get, the more I'm going to see and not just see in the here and now, I'm going to see afar off. Not just see afar off, I'm going to see what I'm missing. Because a lot of times I'm walking by signs, signals, and indications of moves I'm supposed to make. Amen. You know, we talked about the teaching God moves. Remember that? Yes. Right? So, so, so God's breadcrumbs are, is that, that rhema revelation that lightens our path forward. And so we talked about, remember God's breadcrumbs? That was the teaching too. Mm-hmm. So God's constantly sending us signals. But you ever been in life sometimes where you pick up something and you dismiss it real quick? Because when you first hear it, it may be challenging you to go outside of what you're normally doing. It may be pulling you out of your comfort zone. So it's easy to just shut it down because it's kind of like you know it's going to demand you doing something that you haven't been doing or something that you never did before. So I've told the story before, but uh, when I was traveling with this semi-pro team, so the first day, first day one, we show up at a site. We're going to all get in vans, and we're going to start traveling around. And we play, like, top colleges, and we play other semi-pro teams, right? And so as soon as I stepped out the car, and, and, and the, our – man, I don't know if I can say this. Um, let me see how I can say this. Uh, let's see. I, I'm just going to say it. All right, so when we stepped out the car, the, 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 when we were gathering together – the person that was running the team owned a liquor store, right? And so, so as soon as I stepped out, every, I, I don't want to say everything in me, but I had something pulling on me saying, man, get your behind back in the car. But I'm like, surely that wasn't God. You know? Now, I didn't say that. I'm saying, so I'm giving you 
all of what was processed in a few seconds, right? Surely that wasn't God. I'm about to go hoop. This is another opportunity for me to be seen, for me to reach the goal that I want, and that's to play professional basketball, right? And so when I stepped out, everything said get back in. Man, I hit that override. On the inside, I hit that override button so quick. Like almost as if I didn't get the signal. And if you would have set me down in, in court and say, didn't you get a signal? You went through all this pain, but you went through all this you ignored the signal, didn't you? What? What signal? When? The day you got out that car, young man, did you get a signal? Uh, nah, I, I mean, if I got a signal, it was probably so long ago, I don't know if I got a I mean, I could have got a signal. What does the signal actually look like? I mean, is this like a loud signal? Was it, a, was it like a horn? I mean, t- help me out. I mean, I, you know. Well, you know how life is. Now, I'm talking about something else. So I'm going to get off that topic. Because if we spend too much time talking, I'm going to zero into, I got a signal. I got, a, I got a nudge. I got an indication. I got an unction that told me what I actually was supposed to do. But I let, I, I let my familiar, I let my comfort, I let my override override the signal. Because it seemed like that was, that was too, I, I can't do that. I've never done that. I don't know nobody else is doing that. No, no, I'm not doing that. Well, I've already committed this in this, in this path. I'm already moving with this level of momentum. Everybody's used to me doing this. They're expecting me. Like they was expecting me at the club. I, nobody called up. It wasn't nobody with horns going, you going to the club today. I don't want none of that. It was, yo, 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 we're going to see you. Uh, we'll be down there. Such, such. It was a matter of fact. Well, nobody, you will smoke this. It wasn't that. Yo, yo, I got some of this. I got some, oh, I'm going to get into all of which, what it was called. <laughs> I got some of this. It wasn't none of that. It, was nobody, it wasn't what you think. It was just, we expect you to do what you've always been doing, Right? And then, you know, nobody's asking you questions. They expect you to be where you've always been, doing what you've always done. Like in the book Dream Giver, right? Go back to the town of familiar with the people called nobodies and do what you've always done. Who do you think you are trying to be a somebody and trying to make us nobodies look bad? That's, That's the book, you know, Dream Giver. Bruce Wilkinson, check it out for yourself, right? Same thing. People are trying to unnecessary. like, we don't need you trying to make us think about the breadcrumbs we got that we ignore. Every time you do something outside of what we normally do, you're reminding me of what I was supposed to do that I ignored, and I don't need no reminders. Why you think I'm out here drinking with you in the first place? Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, these breadcrumbs we can't ignore. They're trying to get us to fulfillment, and that's what we're thirsty for, right? Amen. And see, so, so, so when we get this word and we start to start to see, it illuminates Purpose Road in the midst of Compromise Highway. It's there. It's been there the whole time. But you're so used to all Compromise Highway, it's hard for you to locate Purpose Road. But when you start to get the word in you, the word starts to illuminate it. Why? We know this, right? The word is a lamp unto your feet. 
It'll show you where you really are. You're on compromised road. It's, it's a light into your path. This is how you're going to get to purpose road. And you just got to make the move. I don't know if I can do it. None of us can do it. Apart from him, we can do nothing. John 15, 5. He'll work in you to willing to do his good pleasure. He'll call you and also do it. He just needs you to yield to what I sent you here for, right? All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So this is the interesting thing about this word. It says, uh, John 6. Let's go here. John 6. John 6, 63. See, see, again, I'm not stupid. I know a lot of what we talk about can be stretching, and, it, and it's not necessarily the rhythm in which we are already living. But that's all, that's all your, your children are saying. All your, your children are saying everybody doing it. Your children are saying, but I've already committed. I'm going to be embarrassed if I do what you ask me to do. Right? If I go back to my original priorities, it's not going to be popular with who I've already committed myself to for companionship. Now, I just can't shift up. When, listen, when I first stopped getting high, I, I got all types of stuff, you know, because I'm, I'm in Jersey. You know, but I'm still hooping. I'm still, you know, if, if I couldn't hoop, I probably wouldn't even be allowed around them. But I'm still hooping, so it was like, oh, you hitting this? No, nah, I, I told you, I don't smoke no more. I don't drink no more. Here you go. At first it was here you go. Then it was like, oh, so you just said forget us. They cursed. It's like, no, nah, I ain't say forget y'all. Cut out some stuff. I, I flipped it to, man, y'all do it. I can't even handle that no more. So, because I didn't want them to feel bad. Then I see him again, man, oh, you just said forget us. No, 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 man, I just can't handle that no more. I mean, I, I, there's things that you guys are still doing I can't handle no more. And I was being honest. But then after a while, because I told you, don't back me up against a corner. Nobody in this room because truth going to come out. So if you don't want the full truth, accept the truth quick. But if you keep getting around, I'm armed with the truth. I'm just going to give you the truth. So keep, keep pushing. You're just going to get the truth. So push, push. Oh, so you just forget us. Yeah, that's what I said. I said forget you. Yep, that's exactly what I said. But I noticed something. People still came around me. And eventually they changed their life. It's a test. It's just a test. Can you stay locked into what you chose to do to get outside of that mess? Yes, everybody's going like, keep testing you or keep bringing stuff around you because it's a test. You got to choose. Man, people was bringing me all types of stuff because I used to give them all types of stuff. Wrong stuff. But I, used to, I'm a, I was a giver. I'm a giver now. We give away everything here at the church. I had to give them everything even when I wasn't going to church. That's how, it's my personality. So when I stopped doing stuff, people was, I was reaping a harvest <laughs> of the wrong stuff. So I had to remove myself from the environment. I know y'all don't think I'm talking about me, right? Because I'm gone. <laughs> All right, so John 6, 63, right? It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. Remember, it makes alive. It says, the flesh profiteth nothing. So yielding to the flesh, it don't profit you. It says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, so we got to get this word. It wakes us up. Their life, because everything they touch, they make alive or make supernatural. See, so the more I get the word, that's my, my diet. I am a spirit. 
I have a soul. The soul houses my mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. It's my choice station. I live in a physical body. I can't live my life led by my physical body. That is the flesh. Those are feelings. They're subject to change. I can't live my life based up here either. So I can't live a sexual-led life. That's how the flesh is. I can't live a sensual-led life. That's all my emotions. They go up and down based on the circumstance. I have to live a spirit-led life. They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God because that's who I am. And when that word comes in, it bores through. It says it's quick, dividing us under the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. It goes in and it puts things back in line where we're spirit-led. Now my spirit is fed. Spirit is indeed willing, right? But the flesh is what? Right? So I'm feeding the willing, not the weak. How do I feed the weak and expect to be willing? That is so not smart. I, so, so even when I was struggling, I'm just going to keep feeding the spirit. I'm just, see, see, I learned the system. I don't care what the circumstances. I'm going to keep feeding what I need. I don't care. We talked about it in, in helps. Man, I'm not, I don't care about the outcome. I don't care who shows up. I don't care if it's one person. I'm going to be consistently give them everything. And I've watched over the years. I used to go to on campus, and we started with six people, went to eight people. Then it, it just got huge. Then the pastor asked us to make a change, and it Totally wiped the whole Bible study out. Like, like we had like six people, sometimes one, sometimes two. I showed up and was consistent the same way as if it was packed house. Uh, he's not here today, but I know he's watching. Isaac calls me one day because that's how I met Isaac, Capital University in Ohio when he was a seven-day Adventist. I figured I'd tell all your business, right? And so, so he called up. He became the liaison. You have to have a liaison when you're on campus. And he called up. He says, he says well, Minister Bradley, he says, uh, uh, you don't really have to come today because they have finals. I'm the only one here. I said, I'll be there in five minutes. So when I showed up, he said, like, so why'd you come? Like, it's nobody here but me. You could be the next Billy Graham for all I know. I'm not changing what I do because of the numbers. Right? It's the same thing in life. When you start committing to something, like, it shouldn't change based on the circumstances. You do, do all that before you get into it. Do all your, your, consider everything before you commit. But once you commit, you're supposed to finish. Amen. God told me that was my wife. I considered everything before I went down the aisle. So as we, you know, y- y- y'all know we weren't always this smiling, loving couple. Y'all know that, right? We had wars. That's why I can't be tempted. I don't went through the wars. I, I got the victory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We had wars. Missed understanding. I'm from Newark, New Jersey. She's from Columbus, Ohio. Just about everything I was doing was like, is, is he okay? Or is he crazy? But everything she was doing was like, people do stuff like that? They think like that? So we had to learn how to harmonize. You understand? So no matter what, she will tell you. I mean, you can flip, trip, do cartwheels, back flips, but I ain't going nowhere. We just kind of figure something out. No matter what we have to we got to a point where I was like, this seems insurmountable. I called a meeting in my office. I called her to my office. And, I, and so she said that time, because it was crazy at the house, she said she thought I was calling her to the office to say it was over. 
I gave her a piece, a piece of paper and a pen. I said, write down what you want in this relationship. That's the wisdom God gave me. She wrote it down. I went to the Bible and found scriptures to help me to be those things. I prayed out those things. And after I prayed them out, they became my confession from that point forward. Like I start thinking, you know, because after you pray something, you can't just keep praying it over and over and over. You know that, right? Then you didn't believe it the first time. So I was thanking God for it ever since. I thank you. I'm slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to rap. The Holy Spirit is taming my tongue. I'm concealing matters, controlling my lips. I'm transformed by the new of my mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not uttering all my mind, but I'm clothed with humility. Diligent in your word, diligent in spending time with you, thirsting for your word, thirsting to spend time with you. And that thirst is being quenched each and every day. I, I pray that for me. I pray that for her. I pray that for y'all. <laughs> right? But it started with that meeting we had. Now, everything I just said is scripture. Everything I just confessed is scripture. Right? And so, what? So, so I had to start, you know, because you snare by the words of your mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. I had to start speaking some things different. Do I really want to change? Or do I want her to conform to my compromise? Do I want to become why God brought us together and fulfill that purpose? Or do I want her just to be comfortable not even having her thirst quenched, but just yielding to me, deferring to me? Making me comfortable at being less than what I'm purposed to do. That's what I want. Okay, look like you're doing a good job now. You're not saying nothing. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not fulfilling purpose, but you realize that. You stop asking me about purpose. Stop asking. Stop pushing me. Stop asking questions. You should just be able to be, just do without. Because when we first got together, that was the training. Figure out how to do without. And if you didn't get it, I'll give you another way of doing without. If you didn't get it, I'll give you another angle. Because I told you I was from Newark. I knew, how to, I knew what to say. I knew what to say to convince you you were crazy. I was the same one, and you just need to flow with me. Because my, 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 my reflex, not purpose, but how to get around anything that was going to challenge me. I could create such a diversion to be like, What was we talking about? <laughs> you know what? Uh, maybe I'm not coming at you right. Like, 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 she would have a legit request. By the time we got out of the conversation, it'd be like, I, I, honey, this is her talking to me. Honey, I, I probably handled that wrong, didn't I? I didn't mean to make you feel bad like that. I don't, I don't, I don't flip it into I'm the victim. When the victim is the person that's not getting the vision that she's supposed to help. Why y'all quiet? <laughs> Amen. Woo. 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 I can't even say it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so, so these breadcrumbs, these signs are confirmations on purpose path. And God's been throwing them out all the time. Why? Because he wants us to fulfill purpose. These are signs on the road to purpose. Right. They're constant signs. All the prophets, if you look through the, the, the Old Testament, you see prophets, God would tell them something to say before it happened. They would have to see it, say it, believe it. It hadn't happened. You know, they're going to sell something for an astronomical price that seems impossible. It's going to be a famine, but, but before the famine come, like, oh, no, y'all going to buy and sell, like, like what's going on here. So imagine somebody just says, oh, you, you, uh, this time next year, 
everybody will be able to buy a brand new car for $1,000. Man, y'all done lost y'all mind. But that's pretty much what the prophet said. And later on, because of the circumstances that happened, right, it took place. He had to see in advance. These were just breadcrumbs. See, it's, it's, it's impossible to be bored when you're busy appreciating the abundance of details on God's purpose road. You're not bored when you're like, ooh, bored. This, you know, like, you know, uh, you know we, uh, with scavenger hunts when we were kids, stuff like that. Ooh, look, I found another clue. <laughs> and then you're looking for another, I found another clue. Well, that's how we're supposed to be living our life out, together. We get together, we're like, whoa, guess what, man? There's another clue. Something comes up. Listen, God told us we, uh, uh, we was, we was going to, he, he called, he told me I was called a pastor, but then it started getting closer and closer. So I sensed it was getting closer. So I, was pick, I picked up that signal. Then uh, we were trying to figure out where, and we, we, we came out here and got lost. But when we came here, now, see, I had advanced information. When I moved to Ohio, I was just coming to visit but everything in me was like, I'm supposed to be here. Now, I didn't know my wife was here. And I forgot I was supposed to go to Ohio for college. Circumstances came up. I choked because I, didn't, yeah, I was doing it by myself. The people I was living with, they were, they, they, I'm, I was money at the time. Oh, well, I already said it. All right, so, but I, I was going to be discarded once I became a senior. So, so I just... Panic. First school accept me. That's where I'm going. But my top school was Ohio University. Actually, one of the schools on the list, I just realized this a couple weeks ago. My nephew lives by Belmont Abbey. Belmont Abbey was number three on my list. So I ended up in the places of the schools that, that, that stood out to me. I didn't know nothing about, I didn't even think, I didn't know nothing about Ohio. I didn't even think Cincinnati was in Ohio. I like the Cincinnati Reds coming up. Dave Concepcion, right? But I didn't think Cleveland was in Ohio because I'm in Newark. Like, I'm, and when I moved to Ohio, I was like, oh, that's, that's what Cincinnati's at. Like, I ain't pay attention to stuff like that. But I was supposed to come to Ohio. Now, God, 11 years later, sent me to a place that I was supposed to go in 1980. Because I lost sight of the, 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 the breadcrumbs. I couldn't see the lines. Now I get there. We get together and, and gifts start stirring up. That's what happens when you connect with the right person. So now the gifts start stirring up and I start to see what in the world are you doing? Now I'm hearing God. It's supposed to be a ministry. You know, so I got a ministry. Uh, you called the pastor. I just sat on that since 1994, right? Then it's getting closer. I'm picking up a signal. Uh-oh, it's about to get closer. Then we, then we were getting signals for Charlotte. We come to Charlotte, and when we came, I was like, we supposed to be here. Right? And so, but the circumstances weren't lined up. At the last minute, the pastor changed on us. That's why we moved out here with $1,625. But once God showed us, and the, th and the whole time we're like picking up work, listen, she had a meet with the pastor. He was like, well, I really don't know what I want to do. Like, how are we going to play this out? I was like, well, he could have told me. So I, so I said, well, I do research. Research what? Never, never planted the church. Where do I get the information? Well, I go and I'm starting this counseling thing at the church. We call it in-house counseling. The guy gives me a book on biblical counseling. Out of everything in the book, it has the story of a guy that planted the church. I, it's just on the front cover. You know, 
And I was like, okay, I'll just read that. So I read that. Then I have a friend. He's, I'm mentoring him. He said, he said man, uh, you told me the story how God told you you're supposed to go to Charlotte. I, I'm in this class. There's a guy that has the same story. Here's the CD or DVD. So I looked at the story, same story but different location. So now I'm fired up. It's confirmation, right? That's a C. Then he goes, I'm taking this class on how to plan a church. I'm not trying to start a church. He said, tell you what, here's my syllabus. So I researched the syllabus. Now this is information that's coming to me. Then he calls me up. He says, you know what? I'm going through all this stuff in this class. I'm not really trying to plan. Hey, tell you what, here's my password. You could take it. Well, they got these people that's, that's, uh, they got panels, they got all types of stuff. And she would come home and she would see me researching, writing stuff. What you doing? I'm working on stuff. Then God said, by the end of next year, you're going to be in Charlotte. Well, if I believe that, I got to act on it. So I went in the house. I went in our house. I went in all the drawers, all the drawers, all the closets. I emptied them and I boxed up everything. So if you came to visit our house, you would think it looks normal. So some boxes here and there. You open up any drawer or closet, it was empty. Because I had to do something to show I believed God. Right? But all these things are like stages that we go, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Then finally, it comes to a head. God says, by the end of this year, you're in Charlotte. No, no house on the market. You ain't got no money. And at the last minute, the pastor just changed on us. No support. That's why we came out here $1,625. But, but even at 1625, listen, we, uh, we, we, we started, we got ourselves together, we found a location, we're going to move. So some people came to help me move. And they said, well, uh, so who's going with you? It's like, well, nobody. You know, we, so once the truck is loaded, you know, we're just going to go down there and load things up. They said, so one guy said, I'll help you. Another guy said, I'll help you. I had a meeting at the church, my, my exit meeting at the church. I said, well, I got a meeting at the church. We'll catch up. They get here before us. Pastor Dent was in that, in that uh, event. They get here, empty the truck, put everything in all the rooms in the house. By the time we get to Charlotte, Pastor Dent was gassing up to go back to Ohio. They moved us. Like literally, I mean, with the exception of us paying for the truck, they moved us. Like that never, I used to work for a moving company, so I wasn't tripping. I was just, we just took our time and unloaded it. They moved us. Things like that just kept happening. God said in two, uh, eight months, no, 10 months from when you left the, the other church, 10, 10, 10 at the 10 area service. And we kept getting these 10s. 10s means, means full circle. And at the time, it was 10, 10, 10. And we, we went to the store. 10, 10, 10, 10. Never before and never again. They were saying as long as in this lifetime that we live, there'll never be another October 10th uh, uh, 2010 or whatever, or, or 10, 10, 10. So it means full circle. So we see the 10. Praying to God, we're out here eight months. No, we're out here seven months. God says, 10 months from the time you came out, you're going to start a church. We don't have no building. We ain't got no money. And then now we're, we're two and a half months away from you saying, how is this going to happen? Somebody sends a check that we hadn't, we didn't tell them our business. We didn't tell them what we needed. They sent a check for $10,000 to us. Around that time, we exhausted all of our savings with the exception of $800. Somebody, somebody called up, and I told the story before, but called up and said, 
what's your bank account, so on and so forth. And then I said, let me see what this person did. They, they deposited $10,000 in my account. Tens. Our first service, the total offering was $46,073. 10, 10. Right? It's it, like you can't make the, we're seeing the breadcrumbs everywhere. God just kept confirming. People would leave the church, right? You know, for whatever reason, you don't leave the church. No, it, it could be truth. It could be differences or whatever. Right after that, somebody supernaturally sent us a check for $45,000. You know what God was saying? Listen, don't be moved by what's going on. I got you covered. Well, you wondering why we ain't moved? Because behind the scenes, God keeps showing breadcrumbs. That's why we never moved off of it. We started in a dance studio. We started in our apartment. Our apartment was $1,625. Like God keeps doing stuff. We're in this, this place, 21 acres. Wait, y'all didn't know. I think I, told, I might have told the team. We had like $25,000. We're trying to get a building. And they said we needed $93,000. We didn't have, I told we needed it in a week. God said, could you get it in a week? I said, yeah. If we don't get it, we just lease again. <laughs> you know, that's what I said. Supernaturally, God, through tithes and offerings, you know, for, we told some people because the team told me to tell people, we collected $16,000. That's not 93. Then God breathed on the finances. We end up getting the money. He gives us this location. They give it to us for half price. It's almost impossible to get 21 acres, a total of almost 12,000 square foot of building space in Charlotte for $350,000. Once we put the, the 20% down, 70,000 now, 280, we owe 250,000 on the building. That's almost unheard of. See, see, it doesn't wrap in people's minds. So it's like, what's the catch? What they doing? Everything is paid for. Everything, everything we've done, all the renovations, is paid for because we don't do it unless we have the money. And God, if it, and this is the, oh, we, we're trying to change some things out there. Right now, it would exhaust everything to do that. But my philosophy is if God wants us to do it, he'll give us the money because he's been doing it. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Like he's been doing But we ain't, we ain't had no fish fries. We ain't do no, don't get mad if you're having a fish fry. Stop, man. I just said we didn't have none, right? So, so there's no special things. Actually, when we moved here, it's the only time we ever told the church we was moving. It took us 30000 to move in a second location. Nobody that was here at that time knew that. They just moved. It took us 15000 to move into the uh, shopping center. Nobody at the church knew that. We just moved. No pressure. No, okay, what y'all, do y'all understand at one time we had $2,200 in the bank with an $8,000 a month budget? When was that? At the shopping center. $2,200. Ask anybody at the church, go back and look at the video. Listen, y'all, we got like $2,200. You know, we got to pay the, we got to pay our bills. Like, y'all need to be giving. I don't know what happened most of that year, but... Very rarely was anybody tied. And since nobody's obligated, maybe, maybe what I should have did is what I seen at a church. Uh, hey, hey, ushers, lock those doors. <laughs> we ain't leaving out of here. 
Now, 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 okay, now we got, we got seven lines. We got, uh, this is probably not nice. I shouldn't be doing this. Well, we got, we, this, is, this is the $50 line, and this better be short. This is the $100 line. This is the five. We ain't never did none of that. Look around you. Everything has been done without us doing all that stuff. And even the, the uh, what do we call it, the worship center committee? Ask the worship center committee. I kind of even didn't even want to do that. And then they kept coming up with strategies when it was time for us to get this building. Uh, people can give this amount. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to have to, like, like give people, uh, you know, if, if, if 20 people give, 1,000, whatever. I, like, ask them. I was like, okay, see, this is like, but I was trying to submit and yield because I don't know everything. And even when I did it, I did it like, hey, nobody got to get nothing. But we didn't want to not tell you and we don't get to build it. Now, now go back and you, it's, on, it's on video. Go back and look at the video. And then the bank account, the, uh, the, the, the app, we was at Bank of America back then. We're not at Bank of America now. I'm not going to say why. But, but, uh, but I, would, I would, you know how you had an app and, it, and you go to your account and they tell you what's in the account? I would flash that up on the screen so people knew what was in the bank so they knew what, like, you know, because we ain't had no building but people are giving and I wanted people to know, okay, this is what we have. And then when we, when we, when we secured the building, they told us we couldn't tell nobody. So what do you think some people were thinking? Well, we collected money and there's a building that you said we're going to have that we can't see. Right, right, but but we was trying to be as as operating integrity, make sure we tell the people we supposed to do, show y'all where we was at, and to keep it real, we ain't had nothing to show you before because we ain't had no money. Do you understand? We didn't have no money. We was believing every week to meet the budget, Amen. and it was be split up. This week we got this amount. It was split up in quarters. One time we needed $1,700 to complete the budget. Somebody tithed $1,700 exactly, first time they ever tithed and the last time they ever tithed. Exactly. This has been the process behind the scenes. I'm still talking about breadcrumbs. I'm still talking about purpose. But this is what I'm saying. Like the reality of what takes place, you can't go by circumstances. You have to, go, you have to be obedient to God. Right? Right? And, and the thing is, if you're trusting God, you don't have to come up every week and go, all right, this is offering now, now, now. If you really love the Lord, we're going to be giving today. <laughs> and uh, you remember when Jesus looked into the offering and he saw that widow's might? He saw that widow's might because he looked into the offering. So then when the offering come up, I look into the offering and then I establish if it, come on, man. We, we ain't never did none of that. And, and keeping it real, even after we got the building, there's things that we had to do. That $10,500 air conditioning unit that was directly responsible for if this air was right in here. Did we take up an offering? Did we go, hey, let's listen, tell y'all something. We got $10,500 that we got covered. You want the Lord to take back your blessings? You want some air up in here? We ain't do that. We paid it. There's stuff that we paid that we didn't have the money for because we committed 
Because there, there was a mishap one time where the person, the quote was 90% less than the actual cost in terms of thousands. 90% less. We, once we did it and we gave the person 10% because we thought it was the cost, added an extra $12, the person was like, something's wrong. This is what the cost is. I was like, whoa. And then when we found out what the snafu was, my wife's standing right there. The guy got red. He was like, okay, I'll call my boss. Maybe we can work out payments. I said, listen, this is a surprise to us, but not a surprise to God. At that time, we were saving up to, to repair the fellowship hall. We were saving up to renovate it because we had leaks. Uh, if y'all notice, there ain't no bushes out there. Uh, we came in for youth ministry one time. I came into a puddle, right? They never took care of that building. That's why they, they, they gave us, you know, that was a part of giving us half price. So we saved up for that. We, we spent it on something that I would have never spent that much money on, but we had already committed. And I said, I said this, it's a surprise to us, but not a surprise to God. Exhausted all the money we have left. Now, nobody knew it exhausted everything. She did, but nobody knew it exhausted everything. And honestly, if you knew, you'd probably be like, what is this fool doing? But you have to operate in integrity. You can't commit to something people do to labor and then you making them guess whether or not they're going to get paid. You can't do that. So now we stuck. Something that we thought was costing hundreds cost thousands. See, behind the scenes, you don't know that. You're like, why would they do that? Why would you spend that kind of money? Because we didn't know. It happened a couple times. We did something else. The quote was half price. They committed to do it. Then the person said, oh, no, this, we must have got the wrong specs. Based on the specs, oh, it's double the size. It's going to cost double the price. We didn't know. We would have never done that either. We were trying to take advantage of, like, it, it costs what? Oh, we jumping on that. Almost like, yo, you know, like, I got that in my pocket. No, you don't. But God knew we wouldn't have done those things that we got the bad quotes on if we didn't get the bad quotes. And he still took care of what our goal was. Right. Matter of fact, the person that, that the mishap, the, the 90% mishap, he felt bad. Well, I had ministered to him right before I gave him the 10% check. He was talking about coming to the church. Excuse me. That guy started tithing to the church. He tithed to the church probably for like a year and a half. Never came to the building. And I'm not talking about $5. Right? So, so I'm, 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 what I'm telling you, purpose doesn't always look pretty. People are going to criticize. For, people are going to be in the stands always looking at the game criticizing. But it's easy to criticize why I made that pass and made that move because you ain't dealing with the pressure. You don't have to have the faith that you can, you can win this championship. Man, anybody can be an armchair quarterback because everybody's not going to be talking about you for the rest of the year that you blew the game. Uh, again. <laughs> I was going to use our team. Y'all don't say nothing because y'all went through some stuff this year too, right? 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 You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying like, like it's easy for me to criticize the quarterback, but I didn't have people running at my legs and stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't. There. I didn't have all these people hurt and and was intimidated by the other def, the other team's defensive line. 
See, see, me talking, I wasn't under duress. I mean, shut up with the amen. He, he's a 49er fan. But anyway, <laughs> you see how I said people just getting into the sermon? Right. But what I'm saying is, I, I know I use sports, but that's the same thing. Like, easy to criticize, but again, one thing you can trust us as leaders, we're purpose-driven, and we're being obedient to God. And so no matter what, if, 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 if we're not moved, we're not moved because you ain't getting us off of what God told us to do because of your criticism, having not gone through the process of the training, having worked to have a level of clarity and awareness, like you can't be smoked out trying to tell me what I need to do. You can't be intoxicated telling me you hear and see clearly. You don't. You got blind spots. Okay, if you don't, let's talk about results. See, there's results. And the difference is just because behind the scenes we're not giving everybody all the results, what I mean by the results is there's people that call up because they want to see us fail. I'll tell them the, 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 the hurdles we're going through. Let them find out about the blessings on their own. Because I don't have nothing to prove. I'm in pur- we're in purpose. We don't have nothing to prove. We're being obedient. Somebody, you know, get funky, lead a church. That happens. Some people come back. Some people are immature. Some people, it might not be their fit. But you know why we don't trip? Because we know we're being obedient to God. If we're hustling, we're going to trip. Oh, man, maybe we need to change our hustle. It's not having an effect. But we're not moved because we're obedient. And we see lives change. We see people elevating to different levels. We see breakthroughs in people's lives. You don't see it, but we do. We see the funk, and then we see the crossover to faith. And then we see the harvest because you let go of the funk. And you think criticism is going to get us off of it when lives are being changed? When people are, are being transformed in the places they never thought possible? When people are going from uh, one bedroom uh, cramped shopping at the Dollar Tree to building on acreage, Airbnb and looking for other acreage? Man, please. You can get as funky as you want. People get promotion after promotion based on what God says. People are being restored after things seem like they was going to be destroyed. See, y'all don't see all that, but we do. Why are you criticizing? Put that on the docket. I don't know if anybody's criticizing. I'm just emotional. Calm down. But if it's you, this is, that's why you can't move us. We don't, I, we don't care if you don't. Listen, I got, I got family, friends, and foes, all types of people. I, I I love everybody because we're being obedient. Cross over to obedience and nobody has to tell you. You'll see it too. Clear your vision and you'll see it too. You'll know it. You'll recognize the confirmations of what your questions are because your lenses are clear. But you can't be clouded. You're going to keep having questions. Even when they answer, you're going to come up with another one because you can't see. And you're not playing off a purpose. You're playing off a compromise. You're trying to get around. You're trying to justify. You're trying to match. You, you know the person that's the janitor that's, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually ahead of the 
uh, industrial operations, you're a janitor. You know, I, I'm not putting down a janitor because I've, I've, I've done janitor work. But you know what I said I was doing? I was doing janitor work. As I was moving towards what I was supposed to do. Yes. All right. I'm, Amen. I think I'm done. Amen. <laughs> I think that's enough. I probably went over the time. 